0: How have your experiences with your debut releases compared to book two?
1: We've talked about this a lot with each other. So this is, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, what do I say publicly? And what do, what do I, what should we, what, sh- what should we save for the DMs?
2: Yeah, <laughs> I was just going to say, I I think that, um, you know, with my first book, the debut, I was a lot more hesitant to do stuff myself. Um, I was a lot more like just kind of waiting on my publisher to do things or communicate stuff to me um, because I didn't know what I was doing, right? Like it's the first (laughs) rodeo. I had no idea what was going on or what I was allowed to do. Um, And my motto with uh, (laughs) my second book has been, ask for forgiveness, not permission.
0: What is up, everybody? It's party time here on episode 63 of SFF Addicts. I'm your host, Adrian M. Gibson, and welcome to your weekly dive into the world of science fiction, fantasy, and writing craft. Joining me as always is my co-host, the true to my Han Solo, the joker to my commander Shepard, and a guest of honor on this most special of episodes, MJ Kuhn. How's it going, MJ?
2: Hello, hello. I'm great. How are you?
0: Doing very well. And normally I pimp Among Thieves in the most bodacious way, but I'm going to wait on that. (laughs) First, a quick note for listeners, the official SFF Addicts Patreon and merch store are live, so check the links in the description to support what we do here. Also, don't forget to rate and review the podcast on your favorite podcast app, and subscribe to the FanFyAddict YouTube channel, where this and every other episode of the show is available in full video. Also, a shout out to our two newest patrons on Patreon, Stephanie Suber and Christian Bullock. Thank you so much for supporting us and helping us do what we do here. And now, welcoming today's second guest of honor, Genevieve Gornachek, author of The Witch's Heart and The Weaver and the Witch Queen. How are you, Genevieve?
1: (laughs) I'm doing well. How are you? I'm
0: doing very well. Thank you for being here. So as I teased at the beginning, it is party time. Specifically, a book launch celebration for both Genevieve and MJ, whose books The Weaver and the Witch Queen and Thick as Thieves launch today. So go get yourself some copies, go buy The Witch's Heart, go buy Among Thieves, just fucking support authors that do awesome stuff. (laughs) And this episode is going to be a bit different than usual. It'll be more freeform, along with me asking questions to both Genevieve and MJ, but to kick this party off... Since listeners and viewers are already familiar with MJ, Genevieve, can you tell us a bit about yourself?
1: Yes. Um, yes. Hi, yes. I'm Genevieve <laughs> Uh, When I was in college, I wrote a Norse mythology fan fiction for National Novel Writing Month and then sat on it for seven years. Um, and now it's this. It's a book. It's a whole <laughs> book. It's called The Witch's Heart. It came out in 2021. Um, and as you said, my next one, The Weaver and the Witch Queen, comes out July 25th, along with Thickest as Thieves by MJ
2: <laughs> Woo! Yeah.
0: This episode is going out on the 25th, so Excellent. you can get those books as soon as you listen to this episode. Hooray! Please do. Um, Genevieve, how did you get into reading in general, but also sci-fi and or fantasy?
1: Well, uh, I have been an avid reader basically my whole life um the escapism was big with me growing up so books you know were a whole thing you could just dive into and be transported for a while um i got into science fiction and fantasy specifically and don't laugh nobody laugh um when (laughs) i set it
0: up i'm gonna laugh
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay let me paint you a picture the year was 1999 i love it already everyone was super excited for star wars the phantom menace to come out I, I, I had picked up like one of those, you know how they did like that, the movie tie-ins, it was Queen Amidala's journal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had no idea what I was picking up. I just thought it was pretty. And I like have this vivid memory of like following my mom around Walmart, carrying this book and just like whining that I wanted this book. (laughs) And my mom's like, you don't even know what that is. I I'm like, but I want it. And so I went home, (laughs) I I got the book. (laughs) Thanks mom. I went home and read it. I made my grandpa take me to see the movie. And you know, I'm I'm nine years old, so I'm like, this was the best movie ever. And my grandpa's like, you know, there are three other ones. And this right? one was shit. You know, there were three. And I was like, what? And that was it. Like that was <laughs> that was my my gateway.
0: <laughs> I oh love God, that awesome. <laughs> I could, You did paint a vivid picture. I'm Thank just imagining you. you in Walmart whining about your little Queen Amadama. Right.
1: Garden. Yeah. I'd like, I was like, I dressed as her for Halloween. I like was in the you know fourth grade bathroom like painting my face wow. with the with, oh her my little, God, like, with the makeup. little makeup. Yeah. I have yeah. pictures. I have photographic evidence of this. Um, and yeah, like from there, I just like I latched onto sci-fi first, like Invader Zim. Um, Lord of the Rings oh, came out a few oh my years God, later. Invader yeah. yeah, Invader Zim was
0: deep, cut. Form- deep formative.
1: Skin. Things that I should not have been watching at 10 and 11 years
2: Dude, old. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I too was watching that yes. way too
1: young. <laughs> yes, I was like, if my mom had walked in at any given moment during that show, especially the one where Zim steals people's at organs, she'd be oh like, you God, are no yeah. longer allowed to watch this television. I, I met I met like one of my best friends. We are still friends like 20-something years later, like through that fandom. That was my first fandom. Wow. Oh my God, Even. I love it. Yeah. Like my family had just gotten a computer... And I had just discovered, I was 11. I had just discovered fan fiction. Oh, so a
0: I whole wide world. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, okay. So, your writing journey. Did you ever write Invader Zim fan fiction? Absolutely. Fuck
2: <laughs>
1: Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, how, how, so follow up question. Ala- Can we yeah. read it? <laughs> Absolutely not. Nope.
0: No. Nope. Okay. Elaborate on that, but also, like, how did your writerly journey? continue what inspired you to kind of keep on that path
1: um i was just inspired by the stories around me and kind of wanting to, to build on them um i actually had so i went from invader zim to harry potter fanfic to okay. avatar the last airbender fanfic Ooh, and we're talking yes. like while avatar was coming out Nice. In like two thousand five. Like That's so we best. are we are back
0: in yeah, time. So okay, MJ yeah. told me before we were gonna before we were gonna record. This is a couple of days ago, but she's yeah. like, You and Genevieve are gonna get along really well. And you're just like, <laughs> I was you're like just you guys are gonna vibe. To yeah. So good. So good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And um, from, you know, thing, things kind of happened in the Avatar fandom, and this was very much in the early days. Um, I actually didn't realize how many people liked that show until however many years ago it came on Netflix, and everybody collectively lost their minds. I was like, I yeah. thought I was the only one. I was like, <laughs> literally, like, in my real life, I I didn't mm-hmm. know people who liked the show. Um, and then it comes on Netflix, and I guess everybody liked the show, and we all just didn't know it, because we were <laughs> we all just, were just online together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but like when I was about like 15, I started writing my own original stuff, um, like vampire books, um, <laughs> that drew pretty heavily on mythology. So I was always kind of like, mythology was also like one of my special interests when I was young. So like, um, I got to like kind of develop characters and worlds and magic and stuff, um, that way when I was a teenager, none of those stories will ever see the light of day by the way, cause they're <laughs> just. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's kind of how my journey has gone. And then when I was in college, I wrote, a, you know, the Witch's Heart. So here we are, a decade over a decade later.
0: Yeah. And the second I think is uh, out. <laughs> I think the stuff that we write when we're when we're kids, because my parents have given me things. Uh, a lot of it is usually like art combined with writing. Yeah. Um, because I'm also an illustrator, and so it's kind of crazy to see like how my life has progressed in the way where it's like, oh shit, yeah, I ended up doing both of those things yeah um but it's like some comics that i would write in those like you know those those like bold colored three ring binders and it's just full of lined paper comics and stuff that i'm like i will never fucking show this to anyone yep. maybe my kids maybe or it's funny what about your best
2: friend mj you could show her the comics <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'll mail them to you
2: <laughs> perfect yeah mail me the comics and then genevieve i'm sure you have a a, a fanfic about brooding zuko um and yeah, you can share that oh, with me too
1: you just read me like a book yes. <laughs> oh
2: it, it
1: was zuko oc okay oh. like there obviously go. there we go <laughs> obviously
0: oh, like pre-scar
1: <laughs> no post-scar so he was Oscar. still broody.
0: Okay. Yeah. But I, I mean,
1: it. like, I mean, like, this fic was written before season one was even done airing. So we didn't know wow. anything about anything. It was like, I think I wrote it like after the Blue Spirit came out, which was like a little more than a okay. like, through season one. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Mine mine love would it. definitely be about Uncle Iroh. He's my yes. Buddy. I'm just oh, like, just, yeah, I love just tea and just chilling. Yep. So zen. Yep.
2: Oh, yes. <laughs> I love it.
0: Uh, okay, MJ, I'm going to toss it to you now. Uh, so. Can you give listeners and viewers your sales pitch for Thick Ass Thieves and the Tales of Timor? I that was a Freudian slip. I almost was said Thick Ass Thieves. Almost. <laughs> so I
2: said we gotta wait for someone to make almost. a porn version, and then we can call yeah. it Thick Ass Thieves. Someone, right? That's
0: someone. someone's <laughs> like a fanfic erotica. Thick Ass. Yeah,
2: thieves. there you go. So yeah. you you're welcome, fanfic community. If you want to <laughs> take that on, I uh, I support it. Uh- <laughs>
0: <laughs> go for it.
2: Um. But yes. Okay. So my sales pitch for for thick. Thick as thieves, uh, <laughs> is um so it's so hard to pitch a sequel, uh because I don't want to spoil book one for anyone that hasn't read it yet.
0: But that's why um, I also said the tales of Tamor. So
2: yes, okay, true. So it's basically among thieves is six thieves teaming up to steal a magical artifact, but every single member of our heist team is uh, a selfish little shit, and they're planning on betraying the rest of their crew, um and. Uh, slight spoilers, lots of betraying happens. <laughs> so <laughs> in Thickest Thieves, Thieves, uh, it's kind of the next adventure. There is another heist, um, two of them, actually. And, you know, just a, a little more of, uh, it's a little bit darker than the first book. We kind of expand a little bit. You get to see a lot more of the world. Uh, I know that was something that a lot of readers said from Among Thieves, that they were really wishing uh, that they got a little more meet in the world and we get to sink into the world a lot more in Thickest leaves. Um uh, but yeah. So and it's a duology and it's completed. So yes, yes, Genevieve. Back Hello. There. Sorry, I'm raising
1: my <laughs> hand. Um and I would just like to say the young lady that, in the back. <laughs> that that um two uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm 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 trying to think of how to phrase this. Like I feel like the whole like I wanted more of this world thing um is something that a lot of debut authors have to like we struggle with because we are Mm -hmm. given word counts and we have to be under a certain word count. And so like, I don't know, whenever I read a book and I think I wish there was more to this X, Y, and Z. I also now, now that I'm an author, I also think how much did their editor make them cut? (laughs)
0: Like
2: like, Among Thieves clocked in at 98,000 words because I had to have it under a hundred, which is
0: still short.
2: Which is short. Yeah. And Thickest Thieves though is about 120,000 words. So
0: I got a little more room to play.
2: Nice, nice. So yeah, yeah, there's a little more. I I got I got a little longer leash. I love this (laughs) for you. Yes, me too.
0: (laughs) I appreciate you calling it a leash. It's just like (laughs) said with like a little bit of like regret. (laughs) It's like
2: shit.
0: (laughs) But I totally agree with you, Genevieve. It's like you kind of come into it as a reader and you just um you kind of consume the book without fully thinking about the author and like the author experience and everything that went into the book. But then when you get more into the writing side, or if you're a reader who is a bit more conscious about that stuff, Mm -hmm. it just comes to to your head that, Oh shit, there are so many barriers to entry and all this different kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, I guarantee there are going to be people who read thick as thieves and see, and still say like, I wish I could see more of the world. And it's like, it's a duology deal with it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, for the record, I would write more books in the world if I had a readership. So it's possible. I have ideas.
0: (laughs) Kickstarter, maybe?
2: There we go. Now we're thinking. (laughs)
0: Yeah. All right, Genevieve, pitch us on The Weaver and the Witch Queen.
1: So The Weaver and the Witch Queen is a fantastical reimagining of the origin story of Gunhild, mother of kings, who was a 10th century queen of Norway. I would I would argue that she was the first official queen of Norway because uh, her husband's father was Harold Finehair, who united the petty kingdoms of Norway in the late uh, ninth century. And he had a bunch of wives, and some of them were like higher status, but like there wasn't like a queen of Norway because they were all spread out all, all over the country. But like Gunhild was the first. Queen of like the whole country, along with her yeah. husband Eric Bloodaxe, which is like one of the most metal nicknames cool ever, names. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. right? Yeah.
0: I mean, it's like Very it's like Gunhill just being like, "Yeah, no more harems, no more concubines. Like I'm gonna jump into this and be the queen." Right. Also, like I'm here Fine Hair is such like a eh, I know, and then <laughs> and then with the son is Bloodaxe. Bloodax. Like,
1: <laughs> 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 well, okay. First, Harold Fine Hair was Harold Tangle Hair because okay. he took yeah, a vow to. I know, right? Never cut or comb his hair. Uh, until I will never comb my hair.
0: I will just so, betroth yes. like thousands of wives. Yes. Never-
1: yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and
2: with have, my tangly like, hair. And have like
1: 20 sons and then arbitrarily choose which one is going to succeed me. So I the mean, rest of them will axe, just fight him and yeah. fight it out. So that is, uh, yeah. And that's uh, one of the main conflicts of the Weaver and the Witch Queen, but it's also kind of in the background too. Like Eric's uh, struggling with his brothers and Gunnhild is struggling with the witches who work for his brothers. So, but their story kind of takes, the women's story kind of takes center stage and the men are just, you know, hitting each other with swords in the background.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I think I think it's cool because obviously there's a lot of agency that's given to the women, but the men are also complex in, in interesting ways too. So yeah. it's like you play both dynamics really well. Thanks. And I love like the kind of mix of history and supernatural elements and all that. But I told yeah. I told MJ uh we do, we do like a patreon exclusive uh episode series where we talk about what we're reading and I I yeah, it's like it's like Viking Succession and I fucking loved it. Yeah,
1: yeah, so. I I thought that was, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> all
0: right. Well, um MJ, do you want to give us a little bit of the the big inspirations for your respect for your book? And then Genevieve, if you want to elaborate a little bit on what you just uh, touched on in terms of, you know, the history of Norway and, 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 these really fascinating characters and why you chose that. So MJ, we'll go with you first.
2: Yeah. So, um, I, it's not a secret that, uh, the Lies of Lack Lamora is like the biggest inspiration for, uh, the, the tales of Tamor, uh, <clears throat> even, you know, the name of the land Tamor is a not so subtle nod to Kamor, <laughs> the city from Lies of Lachlamora. Um, so that is one big inspiration. But also, uh I so I started drafting Among Thieves uh when Game of Thrones was good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so right? like season
0: well, like season, like season five, three, six? Season three,
2: four, whatever, right? When when it's okay. I guess Season five, maybe, six yeah. was
0: kind of the tail end of when it was when Yep. It was, season yeah. six
2: to me is when it ended. <laughs> I I refuse to acknowledge season seven <laughs> and eight. Um but So it was, I I was really inspired by the kind of twisty nature of it. Uh, And and, and the books as well, Song of Ice and Fire, but where it's, you know, everyone's kind of a shit person. And also some of them you love. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it was obviously I've read a lot of grimdark stuff since then, but that was really kind of my gateway drug into not fully grimdark, but Groom dark adjacent right where you got a lot of morally gray people and a lot of darker storylines um so that was an inspiration and then the first 20 minutes of the italian job okay <laughs> so if anyone's seen the italian job like that,
0: uh, uh wait 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 the original like the 1960s or the 90s remake
2: the 90s remake is the only one okay. i have seen
0: the one um, uh, who, who was the main uh, character in that that was uh um oh my god um was well, now name? the
2: name is gone from my brain.
0: Um, no, 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 Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Mark
2: Wahlberg. There thank we go. You. There yeah. we go. I was like that guy from Boston. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> the guy from Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly, exactly. Uh, but yeah, it's like in the first twenty minutes, it's it's a heist. But one of the spoiler for the first twenty minutes of the Italian Job, one of the heist team members fucks over everybody else and takes the loot. Um, and then the the rest of the film is. The rest of the gang getting together to screw them over um but it just made me think where i was like okay well i want to write a heist because i love Lies of la what if everyone on the team is the asshole that wants to screw over everybody else how fun would that be um so that's that and then in thickest thieves the one that's coming out or is out today when the airs um is more the, the characters are starting to be bullied into becoming better people <laughs>
0: <That's good.
2: laughs> by one another or some of them are at least <laughs> um so we do have a little bit um they're growing okay my book my my little murder babies they're growing
0: they changing, have feelings so. for each other
2: they do they're like oh my god i thought i was so broken that i couldn't have feelings about anyone and then they're like well damn it now i like these people and i don't yeah. want to screw them over anymore but maybe i do so it's yeah, family a good time <laughs> Yeah, a toxic found family
0: yeah exactly the best kind right is it <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i hope not <laughs> right? in fiction yes in real life no
2: perfect i love that
0: yeah all right cool and genevieve what about you do you want to elaborate on what you're talking about earlier
1: uh were we t- i have already forgotten what i was talking about earlier were inspirations. we talking inspirations. we're inspiration inspirations okay um so, yes. uh, I was inspired to write *The Weaver and the Witch Queen* because um, I am a big geek for the medieval Icelandic sagas, which um, are a corpus of literature written um, in like the 13th, 14th, 15th centuries, um, but that talks about things that supposedly, allegedly happened in Iceland during the Viking Age and abroad. Like basically, you know, people were like, "I'm going to tell this story. I'm going to write down this story that my ancestors have been telling, you know, since since we arrived here." Um, and, like, kind of write write out what happened. Um, And as, like, a genre, they're super fascinating. You've got, like, like, uh, lawsuits about, like, sheep grazing rights and, like, honor killings and, like, (laughs) battles on whale carcasses and, like, all kinds of crazy stuff. But then you also have (laughs) even crazier stuff, like ghosts and zombies and possessed animals and enchanted weapons. And so it's very clear, like, from reading that that, like, the supernatural was kind of, like... built into landscape you know like weird things happen and people are just like yep must be tuesday like you know like it's just so that is kind of was kind of like the perfect vehicle for a historical fantasy you know the vehicle's already built i just got to drive it wherever i want hopefully not off a cliff by accident um (laughs) and the other thing about the sagas is that they are very predominantly um focused on what the men are doing um women didn't have legal representation back in this time period. And so, like, in a, a, a corpus of literature that is largely dealing with lawsuits, women didn't really have that representation. However, that is not to say that they did not have ways of getting what they wanted. Um, have you, either of you seen uh, The Northmen?
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Yep. So, uh, without spoiling anything, the two main women in that uh, are two examples of, like, saga archetypes. So you have the powerful, high-status woman who works through her men, who, like, has men do her bidding. And then you have the sorceress, who gains agency through magic. And Gunnhild, Mother of Kings, is both of those things. Yeah. Um, In The Sources uh, and in The Weaver and the Witch Queen, she's not quite, like, doing really any political maneuvering yet um, because the story ends before she, like, meets her arch nemesis and, like, actually has to participate in politics. Um, But that was kind of my inspiration for the story was just kind of building out. She's like one of the coolest women in the sagas because she actually does stuff. A lot of the times the women are, are just there Others, and we have no idea how, how they're feeling about things. Um, and other times, like, they, we do hear what they're feeling, and they do do awesome things and stab people and hit people in the nose with bags of silver. And, like, <laughs> they're very fierce. But, but by and large, at least in the more like historical, like adjacent ones, like they're not like warriors, mm-hmm. but right. they do have ways of getting what they want like Gunhild, so she was kind of the perfect vehicle I she's such a hot mess she like I I adore her she's
2: so like sassy that's not even the right word just like sharp she's just sharp I love her so much (laughs)
0: thank you me too oh I love it though We're going to elaborate a lot on this in our, in our follow-up masterclass episode. Oh yeah. Sorry. I'm trying
1: not to talk too much about it now, but just, okay, cool, cool, cool. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) But you
0: you mentioned, you mentioned like zombies and I was like, oh fuck, what were they called in in Skyrim? I think it was like Draugr. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Yeah. yeah, that was like my first, uh, introduction to, to that kind of side. of of Norse mythology and I was like oh shit now we got some good stuff coming yeah but stay tuned next episode (laughs) for more on that but you're both in unique positions in your writing careers and that you've just published your second books so this question is for both of you and I'll toss it out and we can riff on it how have your experiences with your debut releases compared to book two
1: we've talked about this a lot with each other. So this is, okay. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, what do I say publicly? And what, do, what do that's I, what, what, I what should we, when I wrote what, the sh- what should we save for the DMS? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> I feel like that's like an author, no, like sort of like MO at this point. It's yeah. just like, what can I oh, say yeah. publicly?
1: It is because there's like, not only is publishing itself like a very opaque industry, um, there's also been so much bad behavior by authors recently concerning reviews and reviewers. Um, and so like, it's not like a PR thing, like, Oh, I better be careful about what I say. It's more like, am I going to accidentally say something that is going to harm somebody else inadvertently? Right. So like, um, yeah, (laughs) it's, Partially that too, but like, and literally like you'll see people on Twitter be like, Hey authors, save it for the DMs. Like you do not need to publicly <laughs> blast reviewers. There yeah. is a power imbalance, like no matter how big of an author you are. So like, this is, you know, like giving readers space to like discuss your work critically without feeling like the author is going to pop in at any moment. And be yes, like, right? I heard like you were reading scare. my book. Yes. A jump scare. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yes. Yeah. How did our debut experiences differ from mm. our sophomore experiences? I believe was the question. Oh, there's a cat here. A cat. Sorry.
2: Um, I'm very (laughs) distracted by adorable cats. Um, Okay. So, well, I'll toss one thing out is that I think my attitude has changed where I was a lot more tentative. Sorry. The cat just walked like right in front of the camera and it was delightful. Uh, (laughs) It's perfect
0: that a black cat appeared at this moment when we are talking about this particular Mm -hmm. subject.
2: His name is Binks. Hi, Binks. Binks, of course. His name is Binks. But he's like, if I
1: bought the cat from Hocus Pocus, like on Wish. Like that's my, (laughs) this is my banks. Um, I love him. He has one brain cell.
2: He is a precious (laughs) void and I'm here for it.
1: (laughs) Sorry. Continue.
2: (laughs) No, I was just going to say, I think that, um, you know, with my first book, the debut, I was a lot more hesitant to do stuff myself. Um, I was a lot more like just kind of waiting on my publisher to do things or communicate stuff to me. Um, because I didn't know what I was doing, right? Like it's the first rodeo. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on or what I was allowed to do. Um, and my motto with, uh, <laughs> my second book has been ask for forgiveness, not permission. Um, so I just like have been taking a lot more things into my own hands and booking yeah. my own stuff. And, um, you know, uh, <laughs> it's, 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 been less stressful that way because I felt like I have a little more agency in how things go. Um, and I just have a better understanding of the industry and like better expectations for communication and things like that. Where it's like, you know, I I had only been in corporate America before, where it's like you pretty much you send someone an email, you're gonna get an email back within two business days, maybe, right? Um and in publishing that's just not the case. I mean, it is sometimes um Shout out to my current publicist. She's incredible. She emails me back same day, like every time I love her. Um, but like, you know, it, a lot of times it's just not the industry standard and I didn't know that yet. So I think that's, that's a, a difference as well. It's just my expectations, my attitude, my mindset has been a lot different and a lot healthier, <laughs> I think, <laughs> for this second book versus, versus my first one.
0: Yeah, it could, be, it could be the difference between, say, jaded and pragmatic. Yeah. Where you're just viewing things through, you know, a more realistic lens as opposed to the rose color, the rose colored glasses of debut where you're like, yeah, lead me along. I'm not right. Well, and that's going the thing.
2: On. I think that's a really great dichotomy to to discuss, because I think that uh, I could have gotten jaded after. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh,
0: and we know authors who are jaded.
2: Correct. And you know what I mean? Like, I don't blame them. It's a rough industry. It's, it is tough. It is not like a friendly, cuddly kitten industry. It is not a a (laughs) Binks snuggly cat industry. industry. (laughs) Um, but like, you know, it's, uh, I think I'm happy with my like decision. I guess it was, it was a decision to go the other way and to go like, okay, well, you know, I was frustrated because these things were out of my control. I can either be just sad about that or. I can just like take control of as everything I possibly can Yeah, and see how that plays out.
0: It's like, it's so. like bringing, it's like bringing matches in a tank of gasoline to the bridge. You know, yep. not, not burning the bridge. No, not yet.
2: <laughs> We're just prepared for whatever may come.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Precautionary measures.
2: <laughs> there you go. There you go. So yeah. yeah. What about you, Genevieve?
1: So. For me, um, I had my debut experience, even in the pandemic, like, I am lucky to have had such an amazing team, um, at my publisher. Like, they were all just amazing. They continue to be amazing for the Weaver and the Witch Queen. Like, every, they've, like, upped their game now that there's, like, in-person stuff. I mean, like, I have an itinerary. I never thought I would have an itinerary. I love that. So, like, I, I have been, like, truly blessed. And, and sometimes, I feel like we should do like a debut author round table and just talk about how different our experiences were because there are so like there's such even mm. oh, in our
2: such a disparity
1: the, the, the class of 2021, dare I say. I I a class, been, too. Yeah, too. I mean, <laughs> um there yeah, for people who who don't know, we also debuted the same year uh yeah. 2021. So um there's just like such a, a, a spectrum of experiences and I am right. like consider myself extremely lucky to have had like to be on the good end of the spectrum so for me um everything surrounding the weaver and the witch queen has been the, my struggles have been more around like the process of actually writing the book um rather than like promoting the book um I I struggled I this this book this is the fourth draft of this book that finally got accepted by my editor because wow. I wrote the witch's heart so long ago and I think they were expecting the witch's heart, but slightly different. Um, right. and I could not write the witch's heart again. If I tried, I literally, I mean, I wrote it 12 years ago. I right, was a, you're a different person. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically like it, there were so many times when I was actually like drafting Weaver that I was just like, can I do this? Like, do I know how to do this? Like, I, I like, and I also had internalized a lot of criticism th- of the witch's heart too. So I found myself, there were like voices in the back of my head being like, people are going to think this part is
2: stupid.
1: <laughs> like, like just a- trying to anticipate how people are going to react to like certain stuff. And that like consumed me right. for like the first year that I was working on That'll the book. rack and
2: you, right? Yes.
1: And it was only mm-hmm. finally when I let go of those little voices and really like, like, s- like started connecting with my characters that I... I, I kind of let go of that a little bit. And it was also, you know, writing something that is more historical versus mythological and being like, okay, there's already so much information information and misinformation and prior, yeah. like, people with prior beliefs about, exactly. like, the Vikings and the Viking Age. So I'm like, I wrote, I think my author's note is, like, five pages long. And, and it's just like, hey, here's what I changed and Why? Please leave me alone. No, it's, it's it wasn't. It's not with meant to be <laughs> with love. With love,
0: it, it, fuck it, off. It,
1: it wasn't meant to be defensive or anything, but it was just meant to be like, hey, here are some things. Yeah, like like here you go. Here for pe- for people who know Contact. what I'm talking about. Yeah. it might be defensive, but like I just I really hope it is also like a teaching sort of thing too, because yeah. I don't I don't know. So Cause I, I don't because it,
0: like it it's like it's like you have to kind of distinguish. This is not a biography right about this person this right. is an interpretation of well, their it's life it's a historical and, fantasy and a historical, yeah, right
2: exactly. not not right. Histfic, not yes. a biography yes. right mm-hmm. yes and
1: i i honestly i tried to do the same thing in the appendix of the witch's heart too like i tried to like objectively be like here are what our sources say about these characters because like people have really strong opinions on norse mythology like yeah. like especially considering it is also like an active religion like there are Norse pagans. Like there are people who worship these gods that are characters in my book. So like, that was an extra level of like having to like navigate that and like be cognizant of that. Um, and just like, if there's one thing that I've learned from both books it's that, like, you cannot anticipate people's reactions because every single person is coming to your work with a different perspective. So some people might be like, this is the perfect book, and others might be like, this is the worst pile of garbage I have ever read, and it should have never been published. So it's, like, it, it, it's no use trying to please people. You just mm-hmm. have to, like, do the best you can yeah. for yourself and yep, what's I in your so. heart and the story you're trying to tell. So
2: I love that. I think that's such an so important, like... Le- no, it's great though that's that's an important lesson that I think every writer needs to learn before yeah. like either before <laughs> ideally before but m- probably yeah. not or after you start sharing you you know your work with the world is that it's like right. there is no one story that's perfect for every reader um and like the things I like to try to remember myself like when i mean I, I don't read my own reviews anymore um i i did for the first book because you can't not you can't not it's your first time sharing you know your book baby with the world i'm not engaging with the reviews i was just kind of (laughs) lurking um but now i don't you know what i mean if it's if it's a published review in a trade publication i'll read it or you know sometimes a blog if they tag me i'll read it Um, but i'm not going on goodreads i'm not going on amazon i'm not looking for reviews to read Um, that's for the best Right. And that's, I know everybody tells you that before your first book comes out and you don't listen. You won't. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> but like when I would be, get down about seeing those reviews that were poor because everyone's going to get one stars, I would then go to like my favorite books in the world and like the ones that blew my fucking mind. And I would read the one star reviews on there, not as like a he kind of thing, but more as like a, Oh, that's right. Like somebody hates this book. Somebody hates this book that like changed my life. Uh, it's okay that somebody hates my book too. Um, so I think that's a good, a good lesson to learn. It's it's hard though. It is hard because you want, especially I feel like I, I have been struggling with this a little bit with the the sequel. Because it's in the same storyline, it's in the same world as among thieves, so like, yeah, you know, obviously, like some people hated among thieves. they're not going to read thickest thieves. There's some people that really loved among thieves, uh, and I'm so grateful for those readers, and I'm terrified that they're going to be disappointed by the sequel. You know what I mean? Um. I thankfully didn't have to, I I finished writing Thick as Thieves before Among Thieves came out. So jealous. I know, I know. I got (laughs) so so lucky. I got so lucky. So like, it's been more in like the ramp up, right? And like the, I think I guess the final edits and like now that I'm like doing promotions and stuff that I'm a little nervous and scared that people are going to hate it. But I thankfully got to escape trying to write with those voices whispering uh, in the back of my head about (laughs) about stuff. That would have made it so much harder to draw.
1: I identify with this on a spiritual level. Um, (laughs) And also, I think it's also really important to point out that authors are not given PR classes. You know, um, there's a lot of like, again, like the bad behavior that I mentioned, like, um, it's just like, didn't your, like, did your agent not tell you to not engage with reviews? Like, like, just don't reply. Like, uh, you hate to see somebody ruin their own career. Because yes. they went after a four star reviewer. Like, four stars is amazing. Are you four kidding stars me? Yeah. So, like, right? it. so it's like, right? So it's, I, I wish it. that there was more, like, I don't know. Um, I'm lucky to have found a little community, like within the, within the industry. Um, but a lot of debut authors in TradPub don't have that like yeah or maybe they've never even been on like book twitter like bookstagram or book talk and they don't know like these things
2: uh for people that don't know Genevieve and I along with uh Hannah Long H.M. Long were the three founding members of our debut support group basically (laughs) Uh, and we built like it was for just all the adult uh books debuting um Across, I mean, we had a, a sci-fi fantasy subgroup, uh, but we had the romance authors in there. We had thriller authors in there, right? Uh, gosh, I think there was like two hundred people in the group by the end of wow. it. Um, uh, but yeah, it was fantastic. I am so glad that the three of us found each other because, yeah. like, obviously now, like, we're we're still really good friends. Um, right. But like, a lot of my really strong friendships in the book community are people that I met through that group. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And without that group, I think I might have completely crumbled during my debut year. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, if if you are you know out there exploring trad pub or whatever, I would definitely recommend. Or self-pub, honestly, regardless mm-hmm. of what path you're pursuing, no, just like, find people, yes, that are doing the same thing you're doing, though. Um, so like, if you are the only trad pub author in a group of self-pub authors, you're not going to maybe find the same support for the same issues that you're having because they'll have different struggles, right? Um, it's just, yeah, I would recommend for sure finding people that know what you're going through and can... You can scream into the void at them when you get frustrated or sad or, yeah. you know, whatever.
0: <laughs> I talked to one of our, one of our patrons recently, uh, just just through DM, about, like, how to just put yourself out there. He's like, I'm an extrovert in real life, but I don't know why I'm just not able to, like, engage with the community. I'm just like, just fucking put yourself out there, and you will find the people that you you vibe with. Like Yes sort of a similar sense of humor or similar experiences and all this kind of stuff. In my case, it's like I just started a podcast and it's just like throw shit at a wall and see what sticks.
1: Yeah. And
0: here I am like, and it's like, MJ and I are really good friends and I met a ton of amazing authors and Trat and self pub, but you just need to engage with the community and figure out what works for you, who you click with and really like hold on to that. and, and, like the four star reviews, cherish it. Like cherish the people that you that you come across because when it comes down to it, like I think we talked to Chuck Wendig about this. He tries to explain certain things to his wife, and it just goes over yeah. her head. Yeah, yeah. And he's well, that's, like, you, yeah. "You need writer people friends who understand the, industry, yeah. the yeah. fucked up nature of this yeah. thing that we're in. <laughs> that yeah. we're all trying
1: to do." Like yeah. I I can't tell you how many times I've said to like somebody just in my life, like you know, I'll I'll. I'll like, complain about, I don't know, like, I'm just afraid that people will think this, 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 and this about the book. And then they'll be like, well, who cares what people think? Right. It's like, I do. It's like me. the basis of my
2: career. Like,
1: yes. But other writers will be like, yeah, I get it. You know, like, yes. so yeah. it's like,
2: you don't, you know, you have to write the book that is in your heart and that yep. you can stand spending thousands of hours (laughs) with. Yep. You need to do that Mm because if you're just like writing to chase a trend or whatever, you're going to be miserable. Right. Uh, And you'll probably miss the boat on the trend anyways because publishing is slow. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it's, yeah, you need to... Find, find your friends in the rank. Yes. I mean, and yeah. book people are so cool, man. Book people are the yeah. best mm-hmm. people. I love yeah. book
0: people. It's very unlikely that you'll find a toxic found family in book world.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And if you do, <laughs> we're fun, We're kind of like, we're all find a bit like found family. <laughs>
0: yeah. We're all a little bit like weird in the head. Um, yeah, but in the coolest
2: way, the fun yeah. people are all weird but in, in the a head. loving,
0: in a loving way.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, MJ, on that, on that note of, uh, uh of, Right, right, right to your heart and all that kind of stuff. If you could each uh, get one dream project or idea or something you've already written, picked up and published right now, right this minute, July 25th, (laughs) what would it be?
2: So (laughs) I have a book that I wrote during the pandemic. Uh, It's and I planned out a whole trilogy and it is nerdy as Fuck you guys. I created two languages uh, with grammatical rules and, you know, f- structures and par- different parts of speech that mean different things you and all this Tolkien stuff. Tolkien, you? I know. Well, that's, I, I really <laughs> did. I, I listened to a bunch of podcasts about Tolkien's like process and I took big time inspiration from that. Uh, and actually, the reason why I created the languages was because i wanted my like tolkien's work i wanted my city names and my location names to be in those languages and to have a history and have a you know uh but yeah so it's a fantasy adventure trilogy uh it's so fun there's like different races of beings it's not all humans and there's magic and there's adventures and cavalries and oh my god it's so fun uh so yeah i really really hope that i can get that picked up if i can't uh i i plan to to indie publish um that series because i
0: it is, is the that, book of is that the heart. high fantasy that you sent to me yeah okay cool it is yeah, the, the book
2: of my soul <laughs> basically it follows a uh cowardly magician uh who gets roped into um a, a plot to take over the world against his own will. Uh, and it's so fun. <laughs>
0: yeah. I also, I love the idea of just like, yeah, it's like you said, cavalry and I'm just like riders of Rohan. Yeah. A hundred
2: percent may have been listening to Howard shore on repeat as I was drafting. Maybe. It's fine.
0: <laughs> maybe just like, like maybe thinking of like, you know, just Pippin, just, just leading right. the charge. <laughs>
2: Aomer, man. Come on. Or oh, sorry, Mary. Yes. No, that was
0: Mary. That was Mary. That was Mary. Carl and
2: Urban.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was not.
1: That makes me think of the meme that's like fantasy is where Carl Urban looks like this and it's him as Aomer. And like sci fi is where Carl Urban looks like this and it's him as Bones from the 2009 Star Trek movie. <laughs> <He was>
0: like,
2: <laughs> I, I love it so much.
0: <laughs> oh, good. Okay. And Genevieve, what about you?
1: Uh, So I have only scratch the surface of Gunhild Mother of Kings' life in The Weaver and the Witch Queen. Like, literally, it ends right before she meets her lifelong arch nemesis. Um, and so if I were to have, like, a dream project picked up, it would be three more Gunnhild books. Oh. Yes. Like, like take her to the end of her life. Like, I, I I want to just follow her until Ace, the are end. are you listening? Let's and, do yeah. this.
2: Let's make it happen. And, um,
1: <laughs> I, I'm supposed to be coming up with another pitch, because I do have a third book under contract. Um but that's all my heart wants to write is to just stay is is these characters. I just want to stay in this world. Um, and I had to cut so much from Weaver because it was, the original draft was very long. Um, and as such, a lot of the like fun side character stuff had to get cut, unfortunately. Um, and so to be able to build that out while continuing Gunhold's story would just like be a dream, literally a dream. Um, but also like, I did also have like, Spin off plans for the witch's heart, too, that never came to fruition, and I was very attached to those at the time. So, for all I know, once I start working on my next thing, maybe, maybe I won't want to write Gunhild's story anymore. I don't know. If the words are coming, I'm going to let them come. So, we'll see what happens.
0: I, want, I love I want it. more Gunhild. Yeah. I
1: do
2: too. Thanks. And also, so, like, a fun a fun peek. so I actually got I got to beta read an earlier draft okay, um, very early he,
1: the first and I, draft and that I, was and
2: I, I tried, was it, I the tried first to... one? it was so... it
1: was the first it was 40,000 words longer than the book ended up being yeah. and, and I still and I was...
2: plowed through that draft it was so <laughs> good and it was so Thank good you. Yeah. and I just remember that the file name when it came over was loom of doom
1: that is and true you were like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you
2: were like
1: a lot of contention about about the title um, also do like doom
0: of doom though that sounds yeah. so epic
1: um,
0: blood exactly. axe, man, it, that, that's like a blood axe it, kind yeah. of vibe right there So,
1: loom of doom was inspired by there's like a poem in one of the sagas where the valkyries are weaving the fates of men on a loom strung with um like entrails and they're using like actual weapons as the weaving tools and the loom weights are men's severed heads and it's just so metal um so i was like loom of doom because there's this really close association between like fate and like women's textile work in the norse myths and sagas Mm -hmm. um and yeah so loom of doom there originally was a lot more weaving in the book um but i had to cut it so, uh, the Weaver and the Witch Queen. Yeah. Odney weaves like once in the book.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, but she's, but she's still a technically a Weaver. She is yeah. technically she's, a Weaver. Yeah. She's yeah. like, still she's a also a healer though. So it's yes. kind of like, I don't know. Uh,
1: but the yeah. Healer and the Witch Queen just doesn't no. have the same. Doesn't have that right, alliteration. So, so, doesn't yeah. have that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. All right. It's time for some party games. Uh, I know you've both read each other's books. Yes. So yes. MJ, Mary, fuck, kill for the Weaver and the Witch Queen.
2: Ooh. Okay. Um, I'm gonna marry uh, and forgive me if I butcher any of the pronunciations of these names <laughs> I'm so sorry but I'm gonna marry uh, Thor Alf. he seems he seems oh yeah, yeah. right like mm, I'm into yes. it
1: he's a good yes. man I he's wanna marriage nice material
2: him. he yeah. is I he to, is uh, yeah right anyway go on. yeah <laughs> yep. no he's definite <laughs> marriage material um <sighs> I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck Haldor uh, also marriage yes! material but yes
0: yeah. yeah
2: me too like yup and I'm gonna kill. I'm gonna kill Eric. Now I'm king. Is that how that works?
1: <laughs> my, my boy.
2: <laughs> like, sorry,
1: I'm, I'm gonna kill I'm, I'm gonna now.
2: Bow to me. Did you, Dude. you
1: ever see the tweet that was like comfort character? That is a man covered in blood. Like that is that is me <laughs> and <laughs> Eric blood with, with
2: blood yeah. <laughs> my,
1: my favorite fratricide man um <laughs> multiple fratricide committer i
2: do love eric though he gets yeah, yeah. He's, he's moody he, though
0: he's moody as he's fuck. moody i yeah. love me a
2: moody guy though mm. but he gets in, in fiction and in real life it would be very <laughs> annoying um he gets like you know what i mean he feels like he gets deeper and deeper uh, the more you get to know him in the story and i do right. i do like that but i just want to be king so sorry
0: okay <laughs> it's fair that's fair we all know mj's greedy <laughs> she was upgraded yeah. from a troglodyte to a dragon um so she is greedy. She's very a
2: greedy. I have my horde of, yeah, of books, honestly.
0: <laughs> All right, Genevieve, um, Mary fuck kill for thick as thieves or among thieves.
1: Please forgive me that I have not read thick as thieves. And it has been three years since I read okay. among thieves. Cause I read <laughs> it. Like, so I'm like, okay. Well, I was like, I know who I'm talking about. I just don't remember their names. <laughs> yes. Um, fuck Raya. Obviously, yeah. of course. Hatchets. obviously. Hatchets
0: in the bed, baby.
1: Hatches in the bed. Yeah. um, <laughs> Mary, uh tristan okay right yeah yeah because i mean Is the... said, he...
0: no i was just the... about to drop a big spoiler i'm not gonna
1: oh please shit. don't please don't because i want to be, like, be you're gonna marry I read into it.
0: nothing yes yes. <laughs>
1: yes oh yeah i remember i remember yes yes um
0: uh... who
1: am i gonna kill probably clem smart fuck that guy Smart. yeah, yeah that guy.
0: so <laughs> on board with that yours. okay mj yeah. if genevieve were a movie or tv show which would she be
2: oh okay bear with me i haven't seen a lot of viking media i'm going to say how to train your dragon.
1: I and- like this answer. Yes, yes. Thank you. Yes. It's Viking thank adjacent,
2: you. but mm-hmm. it's precious and wonderful. Yes. Just like Genevieve. Thank you. silly.
1: Thank you. Silly. Thank yes. you. So there you go. <laughs>
0: thank you. All right, Genevieve, what about MJ? I'm
1: going to say The Witcher.
2: Ooh, because like
1: it. it is, it is grimdark with like morally gray characters. Yeah, sure, why not? Um, oh, yeah, and there's like, <laughs> and it's got an awesome soundtrack. And I would, I, would, I feel like if Among Thieves were a movie, it would have an awesome soundtrack. So, I
2: yes. yeah. love this I'm answer. I'm here with for that. it.
0: Yeah. Okay, uh, Genevieve, who's your favorite thief of all time? Fictional or real? it Doesn't even have to be just a fictional character.
2: Oh my gosh, that's really hard am i gonna have to say my favorite viking yeah <laughs> i don't know any vikings eric blood axe <laughs> eric <That's>, blood.
1: <laughs> that is he is in fact a viking yeah um, perfect fa- i nailed no, it favorite thief oh my gosh why am i completely blanking
2: because that's what happens when Anything. questions like this yes. come
0: up yeah yes. it's like wait i'm the worst about this <laughs> I
2: just, with people. or you're the I'm best just like, i'm just like
1: who is a thief Right. I don't know who is a thief. I'm like looking at my bookshelf, like, uh uh uh. Um, I'm just gonna say Loki because Loki Ooh, is yeah. sneaky as fuck and would definitely yeah. oh, heck steal yeah. things and has stolen things in some of the stories. So Yes. Yeah, for sure. Definitely counts. 100%. For me, it's
0: definitely Robin Hood but from the Disney version where he's a where he's a, where they're animals.
1: That is a perfect a... answer. I'm like, why can't I think of the like specific character archetype, like specifics of this character archetype? <laughs>
0: A question. Like, it's actually MJ. She's a pickpocket.
2: Shh! Don't put me job. on blast. Come on. Side jobs,
0: man. <laughs> we're writers. We have side to find jobs, side jobs.
2: Right. <laughs> my side hustle is literally uh, hustling people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whole whole duology is written from uh, MJ's perspective.
2: Yeah. Um, it's a it's actually an autobiography. <laughs>
0: exactly. A fantasy autobiography. Okay. Now we're gonna get. You no, know, I'm actually magical. <laughs> Thank you, my sweet, sweet dragon. Um, Now we're going to get personal. I want each of you to say something that you like about the other.
2: Uh, I like everything about Genevieve. Um, I mean, I do, but that's cheating. Um, No, I really like the, I like that you're a very supportive and wonderful friend and that you're great to talk to and will listen to me talk about things all the time that I'm frustrated with. funny. (laughs) Yes. We're, like, trauma-bonded, I feel. Yeah. (laughs) I... Yes. Yes.
1: Um, I appreciate that you, um... I can't words very good. I'm good with words on paper, but not out (laughs) loud. So please forgive me, because this whole podcast, I feel like I'm just like... (laughs) I can't words. Oh, my God. You've Um, been great. Yes. Trying to think of, like, how how I want to word this. It's like, I... I think it's just so freaking awesome that you, like, didn't give up and get jaded. And that, like, you are, like, you know, going into this with a healthy attitude and, like, just being awesome. So, like, because uh, I am so – I am such a pessimist. I am so negative <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I mean, I, just, like, I am too so, I the yeah, time. <laughs> but, like, I'm, I, I, I try not to be as loud about it, but I feel like every time a minor inconvenience happens, I'm like – it's the end of the world. Like I'm just this gonna go it. home and just <laughs> rot on my couch. You're just living the in the your day. own
0: personal Ragnarok all the time. <laughs> I mean, day like early,
1: earlier today, earlier today, I got pissy because some lady starts doing a Zoom call in the middle of her Panera, like while I'm in the zone, like trying to <laughs> write, and like she's no. not wearing headphones, and I felt bad for the person <laughs> she was talking to because I'm like, does this lady know that the whole Panera no can hear her? Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. Like, <laughs> so and but the, stuff like that. I'm just like, this has ruined my whole day. Because because I let little things ruin my day. I will day. never recover. And yeah, and yes. <laughs> so like, if I could be more like you and just like not become jaded, I, I, yeah. But the second book I've heard is always a struggle. So I feel like we're just in the same boat and we're just like bailing as hard as we can.
2: Right. But then <laughs> it's all uphill from here. Maybe. Hopefully. Maybe.
0: Maybe. <laughs> trauma buddies.
2: <We're> trauma buddies. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, beautiful. Um, MJ, you are awesome. Genevieve, I've only met you just today and you're awesome too. Um, so I'm really, really thankful that we, we all get to hang out, but to close out Genevieve, if you could give listeners and viewers a, a good bit of soundbite writing advice and B tell us a weird or random fact that you find to be utterly fascinating.
1: Um, okay. A piece of writing advice is, uh, kind of like we've already covered write for yourself, not for the market. Like MJ said earlier, the market changes and publishing is slow and if you're like i'm going to capitalize on this trend uh, by the time you get that book published that trend is going to be out of style for like two years um and a random fun fact
0: or weird or weird fact. you dropped like 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 entrail loom that's what i was I gonna like say
2: like a like random, like random Norse. i like to maybe. go back
1: to the entrail loom because that's yeah. a really That's metal. It's like the most metal of facts I think we've had
2: on the show, to be honest. (laughs) yeah.
0: I feel like there definitely is like a a Scandinavian black metal band that has utilized that to some degree. Oh, 100%. I hope so. Oh, totally. I'm sure there is. Yeah. Maybe
2: they're called Loom of Doom. That would be so metal.
0: If anyone out there is starting a band, Loom of Doom. Boom. Blood Axe. You got that shit. It's all here. It's all here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Genevieve and MJ, congratulations again on the releases of your books. Thank Go you. pick up Thick as Thieves. Go pick up The Weaver and the Witch Queen. Read Among Thieves. Read The Witch's Heart. It's all fantastic.
1: Yeah. It sure is a book. Yeah. It sure is, sure a, is book. a book. There, there are words it's in it. Got in words it's stuff. got
0: a cover in the words and stuff. it got a
1: cover in the words <laughs> and stuff.
0: All right. Well, this was a ton of fun and I'm really, really happy for both of you. And uh, for anyone who contributes to our Patreon at $10 or more a month, there will be a reading by Genevieve from The Weaver and the Witch Queen. So go check that out. Genevieve, can you let everyone know where they can find you on social media?
1: I am by far the most active on instagram at jen gornachek that's Jen with the um i also have a facebook page where i'm ac- occasionally compelled to post um as well as a twitter that i never use anymore because it's bad for my mental health i also did just make a threads actually yeah. um, but i haven't posted anything there yet as of the the time we're recording so uh, we'll see we'll see but instagram's my happy place
0: oh yeah instagram's good I came into it through tattooing. So I'm just like, nice. I just see like half naked people. All day that <laughs> <rap>. <laughs> it's that that's tattooing in a nutshell. MJ. There you um, go.
2: I mean, you uh, have to get to the skin. It makes sense. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can also follow SFF addicts on Instagram and Twitter and now threads at SFF addicts pod, or you can follow me at Adrian M Gibson. MJ. What about you?
2: I am everywhere. <laughs> like Literally everywhere, In your Instagram, mind. TikTok, Twitter, <laughs> threads, Facebook, Blue Sky, all of them, at MJ Kuhn Books.
0: There all you go. Right. Perfect. Uh, so that's it for this episode. Stay tuned next week for part two with Genevieve to hear our mini masterclass on Norse mythology and culture. Now, keep reading, keep imagining, and we'll see you next time on SFF Addicts.